Well, hello. Uh, it would appear that you want to find the best KiwiSaver fund in New Zealand. Well, I've got bad news for you. There is no such thing. But there is the best KiwiSaver fund for you. You can narrow it down to a few options, and that's what we're going to jump into. So the reason I say there's no best KiwiSaver fund is because there are some players that do consistently well over the long run, but for the most part, it fluctuates in the short to medium term, and it's hard to differentiate who is actually the best. But you can find good, and you can find bad, and you can find the best for you. So before we kick into that, an important consideration before actually picking the fund is taking into consideration your personal circumstances. And the main thing you need to find out is when will you access the money? Essentially, when will you close it and take it all out? If you're in retirement, some people will keep it and just take out a percentage. That's a different call. But in this case, just think about when will I access the money? 12 years, 5 to 7, because that will determine the asset allocation that you'll look for. So what I mean by asset allocation is there are four key types of investments. and There's cash, bonds, property, and shares, and they're in every KiwiSaver provider, give or take a couple. And they put a certain percentage in each of those four, and that will determine whether it's a conservative, a balanced, a growth, or an aggressive fund. And that becomes important because shares and property, as you've seen with the property market in New Zealand, they can be very volatile. You see with the indexes or share share funds, you see that goes up and down quite a lot. But over the long run, if it's good investment, it performs well. It just goes up and down significantly. Cash and bonds, they don't go up and down as much and they're more consistent and there's less volatility. So usually, if you're going to take the money out in, let's say, the next three to five years, you'd be looking at a fund that has more of an allocation to cash and bonds, which is a conservative fund. If you're not going to touch it for 12 years, you'd look at something that's more allocated to shares. So that would be an aggressive fund. Now, the important consideration outside of knowing when you need to take it out is also how much of that volatility can you handle. You know, you imagine you're sitting on your couch, you're chilling, and then suddenly the market's tanked by 40 to 50%, and everyone's saying the world's going to end, it's World War Three. what's going to happen to your money? And you're going to freak out potentially like people did with COVID. They sold their growth assets and they went into a conservative fund, which essentially is kind of like saying you brought a car for 10 grand, suddenly the market for cars tanks down to five, and you're like, oh my God, I better sell now. And you just lost five grand. So essentially, you don't want to put yourself in a position where you can't handle the ups and downs because you may actually crystallize the loss and lose that money that you didn't want to. So when do you need it? How much of the ups and downs can you handle? And then the third thing is what's important to you? Is service important? Is low fees important? Um, Because you're trying to use a passively managed index fund. You're not going to touch it for a long period of time, over 12 years. So you just want something that tracks the index. That's when you would look for fees. The other reason you look for fees is why are they charging significantly more than the rest of the market? Are they justifying that cost? Outside of that, people will tell you, Oh my God, I just saved $100,000 on fees. And when you put it in a little calculator and you add fees and you add returns and how much you're going to contribute, of course it's going to say that. But the reality is when you compare those two funds over 20 to 30 years, one of them outperformed it and it might not have been the one that had the lowest fees. So the, the where you want to stop with fees is really just saying passively managed index fund, look for the lowest because it's just tracking it. 
um, and make sure there's no outliers. You're not paying unnecessarily larger sums of money and is it justified in comparison to the market? The other common thing people look for outside of service and fees is returns. Really same again with returns. It's really just to say, hey, is this person an outlier or contrary to the collective decisions of the market? Um, if they are, if they're performing a lot better, that could be an indicator where they're taking on greater risk and potentially unnecessary risk. If over the long term they're underperforming, then they don't necessarily have the right processes. Maybe they are charging too much. So you just want to sort of look at returns as an indicator of risk or bad investment fundamentals as opposed to just picking the one that has the highest returns. Now, the other thing people look for is environmental, social, and governance. It's our modern um, version of trying to make responsible investing. You don't necessarily want to invest in you know, cluster bombs. You don't necessarily want to be invest in fossil fuels. And you have some aspect of your investment that you want it to be conscious where you're making mindful decisions around your money. So first thing, when do you need the money? Second thing is, can you handle the ups and downs? Third thing is, what is important to you? Um, what do you hold in high esteem? And, and then you sort of look for that to narrow it down. Now, it's easy for me to say this, but like, what are the tools that you can use to actually work this out? Well, the first tool, I'll read them to make sure they're right is a risk tolerance questionnaire. So most KiwiSaver providers will require you to do this when you sign up because they need to check that you're not in an investment you can't handle. But there is one that I'll leave a link in the description and it's a KiwiSaver Risk Profile by ANZ. The reason I chose it, it's one of the most commonly clicked ones. Um, it's really easy to complete and they don't require an email. And at the end, it will make a suggestion on what you might be able to handle in terms of funds. You can still go contrary to that. It might say you're a conservative investor, but your life circumstances mean you can invest aggressively and you can mentally accept the ups and downs, then you can override that if you want, but it's a good gauge to get a feel for what you're comfortable with. Now, the second thing is, okay, what if I do really care about the environment and responsible investing, where can I go? Well, there's this thing called Mindful Money. So Mindful Money, I think it was started by a green MP, and it assesses the underlying investment structures of each of the KiwiSaver providers to make sure they're not investing things you don't want them to. So my understanding is for the, they're independent for the most part. Um, they do have funds that they recommend, and I suspect that's similar to like the health tick where you can almost buy it. But I don't know. It is a great tool. It's worth using. Now, <clears throat> the next one is the calculator. So when you've got the risk tolerance worked out, you're like, oh, okay, I can handle balance. And you need a little bit of motivation to work out like what is the impact on my investment if I go for a balance when I should really go for an aggressive. Use the calculator and it will show a selection from Sorted. So it's the KiwiSaver checker from Sorted. And I'll have a link in the description as well. And you click on that and you go through and you punch in the numbers and you'll see the huge impact that will have on your investment at the end. Because... A lot of the empirical evidence suggests the greatest indicator of the higher, the greatest contributor to performance is asset allocation. Um, and that's what we use for the last three decades, and it appears to be true. Uh, so if you've got a greater allocation of shares and property over the long run, you'd expect it to perform better, and you want to feel comfortable that you can handle it also, but at least you know the implications of that decision. 
Now, the next one is when you're comparing funds. So once again, you've worked out what's important to you. Sorted has another thing called the KiwiSaver Fund Provider. Essentially, what that allows you to do is see it in a very engaging way and compare and look at the underlying investments, look at the different providers and narrow it down to actually your time horizon, your risk tolerance and just have a good look. Uh, it's quite useful, sorted as um, government initiative, so uh, you can have peace of mind that they're not trying to like be slick. There's an underhanded reason why they want to uh, position things a certain way. Now, once you've narrowed it down using these things, you need to actually look, and this will require investment understanding, the quarterly funds, the statement of investment policy and objectives, and the product disclosure statement. So those three forms by law are required to be on their website of all the QVSaver providers. And you can access them. It's usually at the bottom of the page. You scroll down, you have a look at documents, and you read through it. You understand their investment objectives, what they're doing. Do they have experience? Do they have multi-managers? Is it just them trying to you know, predict everything in the world? Or do they work alongside different partners? Do they have sufficient funds under management um, where if things go wrong, they can cover it, and there's also a sense of longevity for them? So those are important considerations. And then you look at the quarterly fund updates. So each of them, every quarter, are required to format in the same way. And you can look at the asset allocation. So you've narrowed it down to your fav five favorite providers. You get up all the quarterly reports. You look at them and you're like, ooh, is there one of them that stands out and is going contrary to the others? And that could put you in a position that's greater risk. So you're looking for the cash, bonds, property, and shares. Some of them are actually making changes because bonds are, are quite challenging at the moment. But for the most part, that's what you're looking for. Now, the other thing in that would be fees, but obviously the other tools out there will show you fees comparison. And then there's <clears throat> arguably, I think, this is probably the most advanced digital advice platform. I know the founder, um, and I've had a look. It cost them like 100 grand to build it, and it's national capital. Essentially, their goal is to help a million Kiwis uh, really become financially secure. And how you can't do that as an advisor because you just you, you make a percentage of the funds under management and it's not economical to help certain people, unfortunately. So what they do is it takes you on a customized journey based on what's important to you and it'll make recommendations at the end and they have some independent research that they do to find the best provider and they have a selection of 14 and they're actually paid by the provider itself because they're um, helping with compliance and acting as an advisor, um, which is really quite meaningful for those providers. And uh, at the moment, there's no cost. So it's worth checking out. The other one is you could check out Financial Advice New Zealand if you want to find an advisor. Often what will happen is the advisor is paid by commission, a trail commission for the KiwiSaver provider, and maybe some of them might charge you a plan. So you sit down, have a consultation, do the plan, or they might just take you straight through it but once again, you still want to understand the fundamentals of investing. You still want to understand what you're actually looking for when you need the money. Um, but at least that way, you don't have to go through it all yourself and you got a bit of support. So that's how you find the best KiwiSaver fund in New Zealand. Um, there are other components, but it'll just be dense and unnecessary to try and assess who the best provider is. Um, but at least you can use those tools to find outliers, even though you're not you're sort of conforming to the average. It gives you a bit more confidence around your selection. And the most important thing is you just need to find a good provider. You don't have to find the best because just changing between providers is probably costing 
you more than it ever gains because effectively every period you're out of the market, let's say the S&P 500, if you're out of the market for 10 of the best trading days over 20 years, that would have a 3% impact on your investment. So you would have had 3% less at the end of the day just for missing those 10 days. So anytime you're out of the market, anytime you're selling and potentially crystallizing a loss to buy another provider that probably you've got because of good returns. So one, you're selling when one's doing bad and buying when one's doing good. Think about that. You're selling your car that was worth 10 grand for five grand and you're going to go buy a car for 10 grand. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't does make sense. So think about churn. Think, pick a provider, feel comfortable with it, reassess if they're fundamentally in trouble um, and use these tools to narrow it down and what's best for you. Thank you for listening.